Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, and I have two co-hosts this time on our show. I have Eddie Richard from uh, DucksFan93, and I also have Thomas Harrington, who covers a lot of the Ducks prospects, uh, the goals, and we're going to talk about the draft on this show. So thanks to both of you for being on the show. Oh, our pleasure. Uh, Thank you. All right, guys. So we're going to kind of go into this. We're going to talk about uh, the draft, basically uh, round one. Uh, Mainly we'll focus on Thomas because that's kind of the big round. And we'll talk about the Ducks. Obviously, they're picking number 23. But this is kind of a weird draft, Thomas, because it, it seems after the first couple picks that almost anybody can go anywhere. Yeah, uh, it, it's a pretty wide-open draft. Uh, um, people are saying that uh, this draft, the strength is in the wingers and the defensemen, not necessarily the centers. Um, some people even think a center will be taken in the top 10, which uh, I'm not sure if that's actually ever happened before. Um, but yeah, it's going to be uh, Ross Mastalin, who goes first to Buffalo, um, after that, it'll be one of three wingers, uh, Andre Zvechnikov, uh, Philip Zedina, or uh, Brady Kachuk um, are those big three wingers that will probably go 2-3-4. Uh, after that, there's a collection of defensemen, and then it kind of uh, is a jumble after that. Um, there are players I've seen ranked 10th on some uh, mock drafts. Others have them uh, in the second, third, or even fourth round. So it's pretty wide open um, after those first seven, eight, nine players. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, and if you didn't catch it, too, Thomas wrote a bunch of articles. He does this every year. They're very, very good. He talks about the Ducks trading up, and he talked about trading you know, in the top five, the top 10, the top 15, and then actually the top uh, 22, because the Ducks are at 23. And if you look at a lot of these, uh, you know, it, it's hard to see what the Ducks would do, but it doesn't look like if they don't go in the top you know, five, we kind of talked about this before the show, that they would pick somebody. So it, it looks like the Ducks will probably sit at 23, but I guess it's kind of hard to decide who they would pick, Thomas, because of just the way that this draft is. After the top ten, it's wide open. Yeah, so what I do every year is, I, uh, since I get to see very few of these players actually play, um, I tend to tr- trust the professionals. So I ch- look at mock drafts and scouting reports from around the league, uh, compile them into a list, and then see uh, what, pl- what players are going to be around with the Ducks pick. So I'll look at on the 23rd pick, the 22nd, 21st, 24th, and 25th, those five spots, and just see how many players I get. Um, so far, I've gone through about six or seven uh, different mock drafts, and I already have 20 players that fit into one of those five spots, um, which is just showing you how wide open uh, it is this year. Um, so it could go uh, in any way. Um, personally, though, I think there's probably about 10 or 12 players who will likely be available around 23 or taking support, the Ducks will be pretty happy with if they get um, any of these players. So, uh, you know, some of the things that might factor into this, we've talked about in the other show, obviously there's the, the situation with Eves coming back, there's a little bit of update of that, we'll get to uh, Perry, uh, Kessler situation, all that stuff. Um, what do you think? Do you think the Ducks lean towards a center if Kessler isn't able to play next season? Do you think... Uh, they try to go for a winger if they trade Perry. What's your feeling as far as positionally who they may pick? So the Ducks, they always like to say they they draft by best player available, um, which I think is mostly true. I think what's a little more true is they bet 
they draft by not need in the NHL, but need in their prospect depths um, does play a role in who they pick. So if there's a winger and a defenseman who are ranked about equal, they'll take whichever player they need more of. So with Kessler possibly being out, with Perry possibly being traded, I don't think that would impact who they pick, just because whoever they pick uh, won't be in the NHL next season. Um, I'm not to any center in this draft who's NHL ready. Um, there are a few wingers, but they'll all be gone well before the Ducks uh, make their pick. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, like you said, that you know, there, there's you know, they draft by the depth. They go by what they need down in San Diego to fill in those holes. So, the Ducks probably aren't going to trade up. They're probably going to stick at 23. Uh, is there any player that that grabs your eye? I mean, it, it it can you know obviously be you know a big range here. Some players we've seen that are going as 10th and then they're going as 40th. So if there was somebody that you know that name came up when the Ducks came to 23, is there one or two players that you would say, hey, the Ducks should go get this particular guy? Um, I wouldn't say one or two, but more like five to ten or fifteen. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, just it's it's so hard to guess who will still be available. Um, so one player uh, we were talking about earlier, uh, Jakob Olofsson from uh, Sweden. Um, he's a player that most people think will probably go in the mid-teens to late 20s, so he'll likely be there. Um, he's what I would call a very safe Bob Murray pick. Um, he uh, was playing in the SHL last season. Oh, sorry, not the SHL, but he's been playing in um, the uh, Allsvenkan League in Sweden. Um, and I'm sure I just butchered that pronunciation. <laughs> but um, apparently since 2005, only 14 forwards in that league who uh, in their draft year averaged 0.26 points per game or better. Um, and 80% of those players have had long careers in the uh, NHL. Um, so recent players from there include uh, William Nylander, David Pasternak. Um, who else do we have on this list? Vic- Victor Rask. Um, so it's a, he's in a pretty uh, safe group is where, what I would say he is in. And he, was also the, he, he was also the best rookie in that league as well. Yes, uh, he's a a big, quick, strong player, and you know Murray likes those uh those big those bigger players, strong ones, and especially that how the Ducks want to get faster moving forward. So, like you said, I, I agree with you on this one. He's the the safe Bob Murray pick. Yeah, I don't think he'd ever be a top line center, but he could be a future Kessler replacement. Um, I think would be the uh, would be a great role for him. Um, he's got a very good, strong two way defensive game. Um. He's not really a flashy player, but there's no real major hole in his game. Exactly. Uh, he's, he's, he's pretty much used to shut down the other team's top players as well, just like the how Kessler uh, was used last season and the season before that to shut down other teams' best players. Eddie, yeah, so, who, oh, good. Go ahead, Thomas. Uh, so, yeah, so he'd be – I think he's a prototypical Murray pick, so I think if he's available, I think he's probably one of their top choices. And I agree with you too. I was doing uh, research earlier without even talking to you. We we both had that same that same guy that we narrowed down. Who else do you think, Eddie? Uh, would the Ducks maybe go after? Um, it's kind of hard to tell. Like like uh, Thomas was saying, this this draft is it's really tricky because I'm reading different players and they all seem like similar and they can either go up or down. Um, there was another one that I actually saw that. I read about and I liked it was actually it was the 23rd it was he's rated 20 uh number 23 Grigio Grigio Danis Sanko yeah I probably pronounced that probably wrong a uh, left winger 
um, you know, reading about him, you know, yeah, he had consistency, but when he actually rose up to the occasion, he was seen as that unstoppable force. And once his game was at the level it, it should be at, he was just dominant. A flashy winger, you know. I mean, it's a little bit of a gamble since he had those in- inconsistency issues. But if he can work those out and if he can develop into the player that he's projected to be, he can pre- uh, pretty be a, a good, pretty good pick and probably be a top six winger in the league eventually. I, I, I agree. I think he'd be a great pick. I think he's probably going in the mid-teens, but there's definitely a chance he could be available. Um, I think the biggest thing that counts against him is uh, last time the Ducks picked a Russian was, I think, Chistov back in what was it, a one. Um, yeah. You don't draft high on uh, Russian-born and Russian-trained players. Um, so I, I think that counts against him. But I also think he'll be gone before he gets to the Ducks. But I think if he's available, um, he's probably the he'd probably be one of the players with the highest um, offensive ceiling who the Ducks could pick. Yeah, didn't he have a 11 points in the playoffs with the KHL? And that, that, that's a really up, you know, up to his his ranking. Um, I know someone did. I'm not sure. No, I think it was uh, Kravtsov who had the 11 points in 16. Oh, okay, okay, games. yeah, all right. Um, yeah, so, so many prospects we were looking at earlier. Yeah, um, Vitaly Kravtsov is another left winger. Um, he was in the KHL last season, and I think he was Rookie of the Year. Um, he only had seven points in the regular season but he also averaged less than 10 minutes of uh, ice time per night. But in the playoffs, he exploded with 11 points in 16 games. Um, so he's another one uh, similar to um, uh, Grigory Denichenko, um, who lots of offensive skill. Um, but again, just as a Russian player, I'm not quite sure if he's someone the Ducks are going to look at. Murray loves drafting from Sweden. He loves drafting from uh, the college ranks. He loves drafting from uh, Canadian juniors. Uh, he It's pretty reverent to take uh, those Russian players, especially with early picks. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he's big on the, the Russian players, like you said, Thomas. It seems like he likes to go more the Swedish route. Um, so we talked you know, before the show, and you have a, a lot of different other players. Is there any other names that maybe stick out that uh, you know Ducks fans should watch during this draft that you know may be available for the Ducks' first pick? So just looking at the Ducks prospect system right now, um, they actually surprisingly have a pretty strong number of uh, left-winger prospects. From uh, Comtois to Fiore to Jones to Kopaka, um, they're actually pretty strong on the left side. Um, it's the right side where they're pretty weak. They've got Sidorov, they've got Terry, and uh, they've got Kyle Olsen, and I think that's about it right now. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me, actually, if the Ducks went for a right-winger uh, in the draft. There's only a couple uh, of right-wingers who are slated to go around them when the Ducks pick. Um, one of them is uh, Dominic Bach. Um, he played in Sweden last year in the uh, Super Elite League with a bit of time in the SHL as well. Um, he's, a shoot for his, he's got a shoot for his mentality. He's a good skater. He's very creative. Uh, however, a lot of people think that he'll be a very long-term project, maybe the longest to come out of the first round. So... If the Ducks want help in the right-wing prospect position, especially in San Diego soon, he's probably not the player for them. Uh, the other pl- right-winger um, is a Sarah Noel. or Noel. He's been in the uh, OHL for the last couple of years. Um, he's big. He's 6'5", uh, really athletic. Um, he had 53 points in 62 games, so he's got uh, offensive skill, but it's not through the roof the way some other players do. 
Um, but if the Ducks want to try and shore up that right wing prospect position, uh, they probably go for one of these two uh, prospects, two one of these two picks. You know, and and given the situation, the Perry situation that we'll kind of go into some detail about, and obviously the Kessler situation, you know, the Ducks, it looks kind of shaky now what's going to happen as far as the starting lineup uh, going forward. Do you think uh, Sam Steele is someone that could come up and play next season? Some of the fans have asked about that. You know, if Kessler is unable to go and say the Ducks don't, pick up somebody in free agency. You know, they've got uh, Getzloff, obviously. They've got Henrique. Uh, Eddie and I talked about Raquel maybe going to center. But do you think Sam Steele or someone else may uh, come up and fill that hole from the, the prospect pool, uh, given, the, you know, the Perry and Kessler kind of, you know, un- uncertainty right now? Uh, I think he's got an excellent chance. He just finished um, an amazing junior career in Regina. Um, I think he's a top 10 all-time scorer for them. Uh I think he his skill set. I think in the NHL already. My concern with him uh, is uh, is he physically ready to be in the NHL? Um, and unfortunately, uh, because the goals didn't make the playoffs, he has, didn't get any AHL experience this season. Like I was hoping he would get a little bit at the end of the year. So I don't quite know if he's ready um, to face NHL caliber physical level of play. Um, that's my biggest concern with him, especially filling in for Kessler. Um, but if they want to give him uh, some shelter minutes on the fourth line for the first few games of the season, see how he responds, um, I think that'd be the ideal situation, and hopefully he shows he's ready for it. If not, he'll go to San Diego, develop a little more, and then be back up pretty soon. What do you think about this idea? Eddie and I talked about this on the last show. We were saying, okay, say, say the Ducks do the draft, uh, they go through the free agency, and, and they get whoever they get. Um, and say they feel the way you do, uh, you know, they don't want Sam Steele up there to be a third line center. Maybe he comes in and plays a little bit on the fourth line and whatnot. Do you think that um, as far as the way that the Ducks lineup is now, that maybe they do move Raquel into the center position and try to adjust that way if they know that Eves is going to be able to come back and play? Do you think that's a good idea? That's just something Eddie and I tossed around on the last show. Um. Uh... My only concern with Raquel at center, he's he's been so good at wing over the last couple of seasons. Um, I'm not sure I would want to change a lot with how he plays. Um, but you're right. If the Ducks don't go out and get another center, they need help. They've got Getzloff. They've got Henrique. Um, if they bring back Grants. And then if those are your top three centers, uh, that's not the murderer's row that the Ducks used to have at center. So putting it, Raquel at center, it could work. But uh, I'm hoping Murray's going to do everything in his power to keep Raquel on the wing because of how well he's played there. Um, he's got, what, six, almost 70 goals over the last two years um, playing that left wing position. I say keep him there because of how well he's played. And, uh, Eddie, has your opinion changed at all from our last show? You know, given you know what's going on with Kessler and everything, and, of course, Perry, do you think uh, Raquel would be suited still on the wing, or, or do you think they might have to switch him to center if the Ducks don't get you know another center in free agency? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of split on this decision. Uh, over there in Colorado, they put Nathan McKinnon center, and he absolutely just destroyed and dominated. Um, also, uh, going back with Sam Steele, like I said last show, I'm all for throwing new, you know brand new players in and see what they can do. You, you never know what you know what kind of magic they can bring or what kind of fire they have or motivation or. I mean, I'm reverting back to Colorado because I follow them a lot. They made the playoffs with a pretty much a young team, so um, 
I would say we can, you know, yeah, I, I agree with Thomas 100%. I mean, it's hard to say don't, you know, to, to change something that's been working, stuff like that. But if we throw Raquel on that center and, and see how he performs, maybe he might like that, that added responsibility of playing that two-way game and, and maybe he can create more opportunities and maybe he just can do something different than what he's used to in that wing. I, I would say just go ahead and try that and see what happens. Obviously, if it's not working, we can we can fix things throughout the season, but we'll never know if we don't try. Yeah, and like we said, all of this is really speculation right now because we we don't know the Kessler situation. The team still hasn't commented on it. Um, there's stuff that we'll talk about with uh, Perry and Eves as well. Uh, Thomas, are there any other players that you think from the prospect pool that could play? I mean, you know, obviously Max Jones' name comes up a lot. Do you think him or any of the others may uh, crack the lineup, um, you know, given the, the health issues of Eves and Kessler and the uncertainty with Perry? So Jones, uh, unlike Steele, to me, Jones is uh, NHL ready in terms of the uh, physical play. Um, he actually got some time in uh, San Diego uh, last year in the playoffs, and he only had a couple of points. Um, but I watched a lot of his games, and he really impressed me uh, just with how comfortable and confident he looked on the ice playing against pro competition for the first time. So I think physically he's ready for the NHL. Um, I've got some questions about a few other parts of his game that they are, um, but I think he's probably the most, uh, between uh, him and Steele, I think Jones is probably a little more likely to be ready to be uh, in the Ducks lineup come game one right now. Um, things could obviously change throughout uh, the summer, but um, to me... Uh, Jones is the one who's ready. And of course, uh, there's Troy Terry, who we saw for, what was it, two games this past season. Right. Um, I think the Perry situation is going to have a big impact on that. Uh, if Perry's traded and we don't get a winger back, um, there's a huge hole on the uh, Ducks' right side, which convenient enough Troy Terry plays. And I think he's actually could be given a shot at a top six role. Um, if Perry stays, there's not as much room on the roster for Terry. Um, but if he's, if he's, if he's good enough in training camp, he'll be on the ice come, uh, game one. Um, I think any of those, I think we see all three in Anaheim next season. Um, I think we're going to see more Kevin Moi. I think, uh, Cali Casilla is another player we might see more. If he plays center, um, if the Ducks want to fill from within at center, he's another player who could work pretty nicely on the, uh, team's fourth line. Um, on the defensive side, you know, we all got to see Marcus Peterson for about 20 games last season. We saw Andy Walensky for a few games. Um, both of them look like they're knocking on the NHL door. Uh, there's still Jakob Larson, who uh, I think he'll be the best of those three, but he might not be quite there. Um, he did struggle at times with the goals this past season, but did get better as the season went on. So I'm hoping we'll see more of him in the NHL uh, this coming season because it's been uh, two years since we last saw him with the Ducks. Um and then, uh, you know, there's always the chance that whoever the Ducks draft can just come out of nowhere and surprise everyone and make it to the NHL um, with whoever they pick at 23 or even in the second round. It does happen on occasion. Um, not something I would uh, bet on, obviously, but uh, it could happen. Yeah, and if you don't know the, the situation that's going on with the, the Ducks right now, since we did the last show, uh, there was an article basically that came out on TSN saying that they believed that Perry was asked for the teams that he would, you know, want to be traded to, which it hasn't been confirmed. 
Uh, of course, a bunch of people took that as, oh, they asked him for a trade, they want to know the teams, and all that stuff, which is why I wrote the article I wrote, because there has been no confirmation. It's just been believed. So I don't know if that's a clickbait thing by TSN or whatever, but obviously it, it, it spun into this big ordeal recently. So that's why we're kind of talking about it now on this show. Uh, we wrote an article on it. It, it. We linked it to the TSN article, if you didn't see it. And we even did a poll question. Um, you know, if, if you thought that, you know, Perry would be traded and it was pretty even, it was almost 50, 50. So I mean, it's pretty crazy. Obviously the big factor we've, you know, Thomas, Eddie and I, we've talked about it is the no, no movement clause. So that's the part that's going to make it difficult, but I, it, it, it makes it an interesting situation. You know, what's going to happen as far as how the ducks are going to deal with this. I, I, so it may screw up the way the draft goes and the way the Ducks pick up some of the, you know, the picks and whatnot. But what do you guys think? Uh, do you, uh, as far as this Perry thing, do you think, uh, I'll start with Eddie, do you think the Ducks do end up trading uh, Perry? I mean, it's 50-50 on our poll, but what do you think? Um, no, I, I don't think so. And I, I think it's because if the Ducks don't trade Perry, it's because Perry doesn't want to be traded. He has that no movement clause. Um yeah, he does have three years left at about approximately $8 million, but I, I think it's going to come on him. He has a new family. He settled in Anaheim. He signed long, the long-term contract and got that no-movement clause for a reason. And I can't, I can't see him waiving that to go anywhere else, especially on teams that are, aren't going to make the playoffs that have the cap space that can bring him in. I just can't see him waiving that to go anywhere else. What do you think, Thomas? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I'd be pretty surprised if he decided to waive that clause. Uh, uh, I'm not even sure if the Ducks will try to do it. Like, right now, they might just say, hey, we're just doing a due diligence. We might ask you to do this. If we do, what are your thoughts? Um, I think they're just doing the due diligence to see if there is something there, but I think he's going to stay. Um, speaking from a personal standpoint, uh, it'd be really hard to see Perry traded. Uh, you know, he's one of the last few parts of the Cup team that are left. But at the same time, it is a business. At some point, you do have to move on. Uh, maybe it is time for that to happen. Um, I don't think so. But uh, that possibility, it, it's there. But I, I, it's not something I bet on. I think he'll be a duck uh, come October. Yeah, I agree with both of you. I, I just don't see it happening. I know our poll is 50-50. Obviously, he holds the cards. And I mean, I know some people aren't happy with the way you know his goal production has been. He's only had 17 and 19 goals in the last couple of seasons where before he was, you know, was averaging more than 30. So I know that that's kind of a concern, but I, I, I agree with you guys. I think he's still going to stay. I think the bigger concern is uh, really Eves and Kessler and what's going to happen with both of them. We know uh, if you didn't see it uh, on Lindholm's Instagram, he posted a thing about Eves working out. We've seen him working out before. So I think that that's good news, Eddie. Uh, it looks like Eves may be back for the season, so that may help as far as who the Ducks draft and the and the way they got to deal with the free agency. Well, that's going to be great having him back. It's going to spark the team too. I mean, getting one of your teammates back, especially from a season a season long injury, it, it's going to spark the fans. I know a few of us have Patrick Eves jerseys that we wore throughout the season as well. So. Um, I'm pretty sure that he'll come back, and I'm actually certain he'll, he'll be back. And He's been working out. He's been looking good on his page, too. He'll be back. It might take him a few games to get used to things, but I can see him being a factor, getting at least you know those 25, maybe 30 goals, hopefully, fingers crossed. But it's going to be a 
kind of a fire to get Eves back, and everyone's going to be motivated. And just I, I can picture now game one of the season opener when they announce Patrick Eves' name and the crowd just going crazy and nuts. So that, that that's going to be fun to be part of come October. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Thomas, do you think that uh, in the beginning of the season, you know, if Eves is, of course, good to go, you think he goes back with uh, Getzloff on that line? I think he has to be because of how well they played together. Um, my biggest concern with Eves is, you know, he's 34. He just missed essentially a full year of hockey. What's go- it, it, How good is he going to be uh, next season? Um, hopefully by putting with a player like Getzloff, that can help, you know, kind of jumpstart him into oh, hey, I'm playing with this great player. He's making these great passes to me. I can just tap the puck into the net and build from there. Um, we'll see what happens. But uh, I- I'm hopeful for uh, a return to the ease we saw a year ago. But uh, just that year off does have me concerned with uh, how the season's going to go for him. No, I agree. I mean, obviously the conditioning and the gameplay and whatnot and getting back to it. I, I think the other... Part of this, you know, equation as far as the draft and the free agency and some of the stuff uh, the Ducks trying to figure out what they're going to do is is going to hinge on the whole Kessler thing. Obviously, we heard that news that he may miss next season, and you know we don't know if he's going to have to retire or whatnot. And then I heard some more news from another source from the team recently that it sounds like he's going to have to have some kind of hip surgery down the road. Uh, it, it's not a question of of if he's going to have to have it; it's more of a question of when. So I don't know if that's something that he has to have in the near future or something, you know, when he's 50, 60 years old. I, I don't know. But this is a huge problem, I mean, for the Ducks. Again, the team hasn't said anything, Eddie. Uh, you know, we don't know anything. And now we're hearing that he may have to have another surgery. So what do you think as far as the Kessler situation? I know you and I talked about it on the last show. But, I mean, if he does indeed have to have another kind of surgery, you know, what do you think the Ducks do? Um... It's hard to tell. I personally would... This stings because I'm a big Kessler fan, but I think he should... If he really needs to have something happen, he should just do it right now. We we all saw how he wasn't... He wasn't the whole Ryan Kessler we're all used to last season. We all saw that before, you know, it was even announced that he still had issues going on. Um, I think whatever issues he has, like I said last show, his health is the most important thing. And that's something that he's going to have to live with for the rest of his life after hockey for himself and his, his family. So I think whatever needs to be needs to happen, it, yeah, it's, it's going to sting. It's going to hurt us, you know, come next season. But, I, you know, I still stand with it that his health is more important and he needs to take care of what he needs to take care of right now so he can be that better player. And if it, if it takes a season off, like I said, it, it's going to sting. But, you know, it's only going to help us in the long run getting a full 100% Kessler back. And it's going to help him, after hockey, have a better quality of life. Yeah, I agree with you. And, I mean, and the Ducks have Kessler for another four years. So, Thomas, what do you think? Do you think, you know, Kessler takes a year off? Do you think he has to retire? What, what's your take on this whole situation? Uh, I I would just say follow the doctor's orders. Whatever the doctor says, if you need the surgery now and it's going to cost you a season, do it. Um, if playing on it's going to make it worse, do the surgery now. Um, his health, like I said, it's the most important thing. Uh, so listen to the doctor, go with their advice, make sure you've got a good second opinion, uh, hopefully those align, and uh, yeah, go from there. Yeah, and I think it's tough because you know how Kessler is. He's a gamer, and he he's a pretty tough dude. So, I mean, we saw him gut it out this last season. So, 
I mean, it's going to be interesting. We don't know exactly what will happen until basically it sounds like September, October. I mean, so far the team, like we said, has been quiet. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll say something in July or August. I, I don't know. But I, I think something's not going to come of it till September. So the team has a lot of question marks, unfortunately, as far as how this lineup's going to go. Um, you know, there's a, you know, say the Ducks don't have Eves and Kessler, then I think Thomas, I think the Ducks do dive deep into the prospect pool unless they do something in free agency. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think actually my ideal lineup would be in terms of prospects is do what they did uh, during Gaslock and Perry's rookie year, where them on the fourth line with Todd Fedorik. Um, so go Steele, go Terry, go Jones, go two of those three on the fourth line. Um, and bring someone in to uh, protect slash uh, just help them out. Um, you know, maybe bring back uh, Chimera, maybe bring back Brown. Just put one of them with two of those rookies on the fourth line. Let them play, let them develop, uh, and go from there. And if you need one of them to play, like let's say let's say Eves can't play and Perry is traded, put Terry in that top six. See what he can do. Um, you know. Bring Kevin Wobb, try Kosoa. Um, the Ducks have a lot of prospects who are on the cusp of the NHL, and they're at that point, some of them where they need to show us that they are going to be NHL players, or it's time for the Ducks to start looking at uh, other players to move on from them. No, I think you, could, you make a good point. I think, Eddie, you and I talked about that on the last show. I think you, you felt the same way as, you know, if they need to bring them up, bring them up and put them on the bottom six and see what they can do. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I, I, you know, I learned how to swim by my brother throwing me in the deep end of the pool, and I, <laughs> I learned how to swim fast. So I mean, I'm using the analogy of throwing these players in. I think you know you're never gonna know what you have until you you take a chance. And you know, I mean, Vegas is a new team. They're you know, and Vegas is all about gambling. So why not gamble <laughs> on these players? That we have we drafted them for a reason. So let, let's take a chance and, like Thomas said, you know, see what they have. If they don't, you know, meet the expectations that we have, then we can move on and we can look at possibility of a trade or just do something else. But at least we'll know and have that knowledge. Yeah, and the nice thing is San Diego is just right down the street practically. Bring up Steele. He struggles for a few games. Return him and bring up Casilla. Um, you know, swap Terry, swap Wall, swap Jones out throughout the season. Um, if you got to bring up defensemen, maybe even Josh Mahura you could give a look to. to see what they've got, give them a few games where they struggle, set them down and try someone else. Uh, we've got a lot of talent. Let's see what it can do. Yeah, yeah, I I agree too uh, with, with what you said. What do you guys think uh, about the Kovalchuk situation? His name has been out there. Uh, it's been linked to I don't know, probably half the league by now. But uh, Eddie, what do you think uh, if the Ducks try to go after him? I'm gonna say pass. Um, he's 34 years old. We want to get younger. We want to get speedier. Uh, what if the Ducks just tank and they're not, you know, going where they want to go? Is he just going to up and leave and we're stuck with a contract and have to deal with the New Jersey deal that we had? I mean, he he abandoned his team once. And it seems like Kovalchuk is just kind of dangling teams around just to get the maximum contract he wants. I read he wanted Patrick Marlowe money. Then I read another source that he wanted $3 million. I mean, I would say pass on him. We don't. You know, we don't need that kind of drama. We don't need that that kind of stuff in Anaheim. We want players that are going to develop and help our team get better. And I, I can't see him being that big of a factor for our team. What do you think, Thomas? I'd say no to Kovalchuk, but 
if Perry's traded and he can't go and he's willing to sign a reasonable contract, he could be useful for a couple of seasons. So if he's willing to sign a one or two year deal um, and the Ducks have a couple of holes in their top six, I wouldn't say no necessarily, but I'd be pretty surprised if that happened because it would take a lot of things to make that work. You know, and, and before we started the show, you talked about another situation with uh, Perry being traded. Throw this one out there to everybody and see what they think about this, that other one that you talked about, you know, the other trade that you, if, say, Kessler can't go and they do trade Perry, to throw out that uh, scenario that we talked about before. So just to, um, this is something I made up. There's no <laughs> I've heard, I have not heard this from anywhere. I was just kind of perusing and thinking about potential trades. Um so uh, if Perry's traded, I think one deal that could work is uh, for Ryan O'Reilly in Buffalo. Um, he's clearly unhappy there. It sounds like he will be traded. Um, he signed for $7.5 million for the next five years, so it's two years longer than Perry, but it's also about a million dollars cheaper. Um, so the Ducks save a little bit of cap over the next three seasons, but add a term in the uh, for two more extra seasons. So it's not perfect balance, but O'Reilly is younger. He's only 27. Um, he plays both center and wing. Um, so he could be not necessarily Kessler replacement, but help fill that void if Kessler is out. Um, again, I don't think this would happen, but in terms of team needs, um, Buffalo doesn't have a lot of strong right wingers after Akposo. Uh, so Perry could play, you know, on that second line, maybe from him on the top line with uh, Eichel, and uh, maybe they can make some magic. I don't know. I think I think it's a deal that could could work, but it's also one that uh, currently has no basis in reality. <laughs> Hey, it's fun to speculate, though. That's what's great about having this show, right? We talk about what we hear and what we think could happen. So that that's another one to keep your eye on. Like you said, it, it looks like something may happen in Buffalo either way. You know, Perry may not be involved, but hey, something to check out. But kind of the theme of this show has really been the uncertainty with the Ducks and what's going on next season. Uh, a lot of it centers around Eves, Perry, and Kessler. We've talked about it at length, but I think we can all agree that the team with the most uncertainty right now is probably the Ottawa Senators. Right, guys? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, right? Wow. Right. So so if, you, if you're only following the Ducks and you're not really following Ottawa, there's been some drama between Hoffman and Carlson um, you know, Hoffman's girlfriend is saying some nasty things about uh, Carlson and his wife, and their and their uh, of course their whole child um, death situation. I mean, it's just not a uh, there's just no way to talk about it nicely. But that's come up. Then you've got the accusations against the assistant GM for harassment against the bus driver. I, I mean, I, I I just don't know what to say, Eddie. I mean, I guess the only thing is is at least it's not the Ducks, right? <laughs> Oh, I completely agree. And usually my, my number one thing to say is, at least I'm not a Kings fan, but I think I'm going to push that aside. <laughs> at least I'm not a Senators fan because, I mean, in the beginning of the season, they looked good. Everything was going right. They got Matt Duchesne. They they beat the Avalanche in that, that, that Swedish Global Series. You know, everyone thought they were going to go, and then they tanked. And then you had the Carlson drama. Uh, you know, uh, pre-deadline, and then off-season. Now you have, you know, the wives' uh, cyberbullying incident. Then you have the sexual assault from the GM. Then now Carlson requesting a trade, citing family differences. It's just those poor fans, and I, I really feel bad for them. And and but but like you said, I'm glad it's not Anaheim. And and like I said, I'm glad I'm not a Senators fan right now because I don't know what I'd be doing probably be watching soccer and watching them flop all around i don't know 
<laughs> Thomas, what do you think about the auto situation? Uh, it's sad and unfortunate. Um, yeah, I mean, a year ago, if you had told me my Kaufman was available, I'd have been like, hell yeah, let's grab him. He's a good young goal scorer. And I'm like, I want no part of that player. Um, yeah, that's just uh, it's a nasty situation. Uh, I'd love to see the script Carlson. Um, I think that would uh, really cement Anaheim's uh, defensive group, but uh, I think that would be uh, too high of a price for the Ducks to pay. Um, but yeah, I just think it's really unfortunate um, for Carlson, for his wife, uh, and for the fans. That's just, uh, it sucks. Yeah. It's a bad situation over there. And reading the comments I read, I, I really, in my heart, hope that what I read about what she said about the Carlson family isn't true because that just. That's yeah. kind of disgusting and gutless, and I really hope it's not true. But, I mean, I, I, I just wish all their fans the best. And, you know, just as a hockey family, like, we stand with them. And, you know, I'm pretty sure if, if, if we were in that same situation, we'd have the league too and, and their fans sympathizing with us and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it, it's crazy to see what's going on over there. You know, Carlson may be gone. You know, remember Bobby Ryan's name came up again. People have said that they want him back. There's been all kinds of stuff going on. So, uh, you know, we'll have another show, of course, as the uh, free agency comes up. So I definitely keep an eye on Ottawa to see what happens with that team. It, it's kind of crazy. But we also uh, just recently had a trade, guys. And I think we're pretty sure who won and lost this one. But, uh but uh, Domi and uh, Galanchuk got traded, uh, you know, and what do you guys think about this one? I'll start with you, Thomas. Uh, I'm really annoyed he went to Arizona. <laughs> he's be a very good team next year. Um, and Galchenyuk's 24. He's got a 30-goal season under his belt. He had 19 last year um, and over 50 points. Uh, Richie, a second rounder. That's, that equals Max Domi, right? Um, maybe something yeah. else. Uh, but, uh, you know, I would have loved to trade for Galchenyuk. Um, Arizona is going to be, I think, a very good team next year. Uh, not that Max Domi is a bad player, but he had nine goals last season, and reading on Twitter, apparently four of those were empty netters. He had nine goals the year before that. Skura has 18. Um, personally, I'm glad to see him gone from Arizona, because as I recall, he loved playing against the Ducks. He always played really good against us. So. And Kessler. <laughs> yeah. So for uh, yep. I'm glad he's gone to the East, uh, but I think Arizona's going to be a much better team this coming season uh, with Galchenyuk uh, on that roster. I, they had a great end of the season, um, so if that momentum somehow continues into the following year, especially with um, another critical score on that roster, they could be... Uh, I don't think they'll be the last league they were last year. I think uh, they'll be much better. What do you think, Eddie? I 100% agree with him. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything I wanted to say about that trade, Thomas uh, hit it on the mark right there. Arizona's going to be that team that's going to be better. And with that trade, uh, I think he's going to go there in Arizona, and he's going to play some of his best hockey he's played. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, what everything was said, too. I think Arizona is going to be a better team, and I think we all agree that Arizona won this trade. So another, oh, na yeah. another name to look for, too, we talked about is Patch Reddy. So see what happens with him. You know, obviously there was rumors flying around about him getting moved. Anaheim was one of those teams. Then, of course, after the trade deadline, he said he wanted to stay in Montreal. But that's just another name that I'm throwing out there to, you know, to, you know keep an eye on. But... 
Um, Eddie and I kind of talked about this on the last show. I kind of want to get Thomas's opinion on this. You know, regardless who the Ducks um, trade for or sign or whatever they do this summer, who on the team on the Ducks right now would you be willing to trade? Oh. Uh, tough one. Um, <laughs> Who's expendable, basically? So I guess I have to look back at those things I wrote for the, the trading up of the draft of who would be expendable. So. Right. Uh, Richie, I hate to say it, but Kasha, just because he's a good young forward, but he had those inconsistencies, so if he can be used to upgrade, um, I would do it, but I'd only use him if I'm bringing back another good young player. Right. Uh, Silverberg, because he's a free agent in a year, and I'm not sure the Ducks would fit him under the cap. Um, that being said, he did have a down year this past year, so maybe it's going to be a little cheaper to sign. Uh, if they can get him under $5 million, I keep him. If it's over five, uh, I look to trade him this summer. Um, and get, uh, I think, a decent return for him. And I hate to think so one of my favorite players on the team, um, but if he gets too expensive, he is absolutely someone uh, who I think could be moved. And then, of course, there's uh, every fan's favorite whip, whipping boy, Nick Ritchie. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't given up on him. He was a top 10 pick for a reason, but at the same time, I think he's a player who a uh, change of scenery could might do a world of uh, good for. Um, he just has not worked out in Anaheim, unfortunately. He had that one season a couple years ago with 14 goals. Okay, he was going to, you know, become a really good young player. And then this past season, he just regressed uh, dramatically. Um, so if we're talking forwards, uh, I think it's uh, those players. Silverberg, uh, Richie, or uh, Andre Kashe. Um And again, I hate to say uh, Kashe especially. Um, on defense, uh, I don't think trade Fowler, Lindholm, or Minson. I think that's your core three you're going to build around uh, for the immediate future. Um, which means if you want to trade a player who actually has some value to bring value back, the one you have to trade is uh, Brandon Montour. And again, I hate saying to trade him. I think it'd be a mistake to do so. But he's really the only other defenseman who the Ducks could trade who could bring back uh, an impact player uh, by himself. Because, you know, Bixa and Bojemar gone, Holzer would get you what? A round pick, maybe <laughs> a bag of pucks. <laughs> yeah, or you're trading one of the prospects, Glinski, Peterson, Larson, and you know, sure they can't be traded. But talking about who's on Anaheim's roster, right? Uh, Montour would be the one we would trade, but I don't, I don't think there's a really a defenseman you trade uh, this summer. I think you keep that top four and build around it. But um, the deal has to be made. Montour would be the one to go. So I think. I think if the Ducks trade a player who will actually bring back a significant um, piece or pieces, uh, it's Silver. Um, if they make smaller trades, uh, it's prospects, it's picks, or, or Richie. No, I think it's interesting. Eddie and I both agree. We talked about Richie before. I, I We didn't really talk about Montour. Uh, I, I, Kosh, I would not want to trade, but... I see what your point. I think Silverberg's the other interesting one, too. I mean, like you said, he kind of had a down... Not, you know, he didn't do poorly, but not as well. I mean, Eddie, what do you think about some of those other names that uh, Thomas has thrown out that you and I didn't talk about? Yes, yeah, Silverberg, I'd never really thought about until reading uh, Thomas's articles. And, I mean, like, trading up and what he used Silverberg for as a piece, it made sense. I mean, I mean, the draft is kind of open, but I'd be open to trading Silverberg to get something back. And as much as I love Kase, too... If we can get a, a great impact player that are going to better us for the future, I mean, I'm willing to do that as well. Um, like I said before, I think you and I talked about Richie, so um, yeah, I'm stand on that. Yeah. So I'm not going to beat a dead horse. And um, 
I don't know. Something about Montour, I'm still, you know, flirting with. I, I, I just see him. I see him stepping up even more than what he did the past season, and I, I'm not too keen on seeing him go just yet. But I mean, if Wayne Gretzky can get traded, anyone could, could, and if it helps the Ducks long term, I'm all for it. But I think, uh, I think Thomas hit it when he said Silverberg or Richie. I mean, those two guys. You know, I I would be surprised personally if I saw Richie back in a Ducks uniform next season. That's just you know me personally speaking. No, I, I agree. I, I think uh, Richie, like you and I talked about before, and I think Silverberg too. I think those are t- some names to watch. I know, uh, you know, a lot of people like Silverberg. Uh, like Thomas said, uh, you know, I do too. I know you do too. So it it would be one to look at though. Um, and then especially too, uh, you know, unfortunately all, a lot of this just hinges on what the heck is going to happen with, uh, Perry, Eves and Kessler. I, I know I come back to that, but it's kind of the theme of the show because that's the news that we've had lately during the summers. We, we hear this news that, Oh, Perry might've been asked to be traded. Then, you know, we see Eves is working out. looks like he's doing better, but we still don't know. And then of course the team hasn't said anything about Kessler. So, a lot of stuff going on with the Ducks this summer. It's going to be, I think, another interesting summer. I think the draft is going to be crazy, like Thomas talked about. After the first probably six to ten picks, you have no idea who's going to go where. So it's going to be kind of wide open there. And I think free agency is going to be interesting as well. So I don't think it's going to be a, a boring summer for sure, guys. And I will have a article up again, the one where basically it's like a chart. It has all the, um, the draft picks. Uh, the free agency signings or re-signings, however that works. So we're going to do all that again and, you know, obviously have that on there. We'll have another show talking about probably after the draft, uh, you know, in between this and the uh, free agency signing. So we have a few things coming up. And basically the last thing that we could end up with the show, guys, is the Stanley Cup. Uh, You know, we don't want to forget that. Um, Eddie ended up winning this one. Uh, He said it was going to be the Caps. I thought it was going to be Vegas. Um, we were both kind of wrong as far as the term of the games, uh, you know, it went five games. Um, Eddie, what did you think? You know, Obi won and, uh, he's going crazy on social media and everybody loves it basically. <laughs> um, I think it's amazing. It's great. Um, some, uh, something that fans had mixed emotions with were some of the performances before the game, but I saw it as a positive thing, how more people were getting, you know, you know, they've recognized hockey as one of those top sports in America now, how they, they, they want to perform, they want to go out there and support hockey. It was great to see different, you know, bands and, you know, Little John out there in Vegas. It just, that was fun to see. I, I think basically what happened to Vegas too as well, um, I think the pressure caught up to them finally. They had all the pressure of being the first expansion team to win. They had, you know, I think I all that pressure just caught up to them and the Capitals came in there you know, expected to, I guess, choke again, and not really, no one really saw them really taking it as far as they did, but they really stepped up, and, um, and Ovi, Ovi's been awesome, he's just been great, and I love seeing, he, he reminds me of a kid, you know, playing hockey in your rec league, winning your first championship, and you just think it's the world, you, you, you think you're, you know, when I was younger, and I won my first championship, I thought I was Team Usulani, I, I thought it was the greatest, so, uh, I've been seeing a, a lot of people saying uh let's get Ovi wasted so I'm not saying <laughs> that to anybody but uh you know it, it's really good to see and congratulations to the Washington Capitals and their fans I think they really deserved it and I'm glad you know Ovi's taking the chance and sharing that with social media and all the Capitals fans and fans around him when he's out in public doing that 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been crazy after they won. What, what did you think, Thomas, of the Stanley Cup? You know, obviously they won it in five games. Um, pretty, you know, d- you know, d- not dominant, but I mean, you know, they almost did sweep Vegas. So what did you think in this uh, Stanley Cup final? For a five-game series, that's one of the most exciting five-game series I've ever watched. I wanted to go six or seven games because I had so much fun watching it. But uh, I was cheering for Washington, so I was happy to see them win it in five games. Um, I've actually been, Washington's kind of like been my second team for uh, uh, 10 or 15 years now. Um, back when I was in college, I would have classes at about 4 o'clock most days. I'd go to my dorm room and I'd turn hockey on. Uh, and I would just pick, you know, a team that looked exciting and fun to watch. So uh, my college years were um, Ovechkin's uh, earliest when he was scoring 60 goals a season. So uh, I just watched a ton of him uh, at that time and just like really came to enjoy watching him play. So ever since then, uh, I followed him very closely, and I'm so happy he finally got to win the cup. He won the Conn Smythe, uh, and uh, like I said, it's great how he's just sharing it the cup with everyone. There's that one shot at the baseball game where just games being played, and he's standing in his seat with the cup <laughs> over his head, and that, I just love that shot so much. Like that was just the perfect description of Ovechkin with the cup. Like the baseball game's going on, and he's just holding the Stanley Cup up for uh, all to see. I thought that was great. Yeah, I I mean, I think the stuff with Ovi after has just been hilarious. So, you know, congrats to the Washington Capitals. Congrats to him. You know, like we said, it's been a long time for them coming. Uh, I agree with you guys. I wish maybe we had a little bit more hockey. Obviously, now we've got to wait uh, until preseason and regular season, obviously. But thanks for both of you coming on the show. Uh, we'll, like I said, we'll have a couple more this summer and wrap it up. And let's go Ducks. <laughs>